welcome to Shore Solutions, the podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Mara Shore. I'm a partner in the medical practice management company, Yes, Shore Solutions. Who's the other host, you may ask? Easy answer. That would be my father, our founding partner, Jay Shore. Together, we now have an amazing team and clients across the country. Listen as we chat, converse, strategize, and commiserate over life in the aesthetic medical industry. It's time for you to listen, learn, and be inspired as we help you kickstart your practice because who doesn't want a little more help? Welcome to Shore Solutions, the podcast. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jay Shore, and I am the founding partner of Shore Solutions. It is such a different year, one that I have never seen before, and I hope to never, ever see again. But I promise we will, and I mean we will get back to normal. Today is going to be on adding cash services to an insurance-based practice. So I'd like to start off by explaining that medicine is a science. No matter what form of medicine we're in, there is a science. It's a way to heal the sick and the injured. It's a way to keep our patients looking young and beautiful. In our industry, cosmetic surgery, the American Academy of Cosmetic Surgery. That is elective. We don't have to do it. So it's a way to keep our patients looking young and beautiful. And it is still one of the most respected professions today. And people say to me, Jay, why do you say that? And I say, well, look at the amount of accolades that physicians get and plastic surgeons get and cosmetic surgeons get because all of the education they have to go through. And you may have heard me say this before, traditional four years of undergraduate work, four years of medical school, an internship, a residency, possibly a fellowship. And you've spent all these years in school And then you either want to open up your own practice, go work for somebody, or teach or work in a hospital institutionally based. So, but never lose sight of the fact that medicine is a business, and that's why we're here. Years and years ago, I remember when I first got into this, it was not so common that doctors advertised. And then all of a sudden, somebody felt that if they market themselves somewhere, that it's not an embarrassment because that's a way to reach our people. So with the changes in insurance and the government-funded medical programs, reimbursements have drastically declined and makes it harder for medical providers to increase their income while still providing attentive quality care. And what does that mean? When I first got into this business many, many years ago, and I mean many years ago, all right, it's over 40 plus years that I've been doing this. If you hung a shingle and you were in the book, you remember the book, the book that had all the different specialists from your insurance company, and you could pick who you wanted to go to. And they had HMOs and POSs, and they had all these different types. Now, all of a sudden, for the same procedure year after year, if you didn't negotiate your rates, your reimbursement for the same procedures went down. Remember the days of the ICDs, ICD-8, ICD-9, ICD-10, soon to be the ICD-11s. 
And then you had CPT, the procedure codes. Well, for those same procedures, the reimbursement went down. Medicare, the Aetna's, the Cygnus, the um, United Health, uh, we can go to the Blues, all of the different insurance companies, their reimbursement went down. Many of them were based on Medicare allowables, but still, if they were negotiating on 70, 80, 90% of Medicare, then as Medicare dropped, so did yours. So now we're talking about including aesthetic and cosmetic component to your program. Because if you're traditionally insurance-based or if you are still have insurance, how do you increase the amount of fee-for-service revenue? Well, over the years, they've come up with a lot different and a lot more types of uh, procedures that you as the practitioners, NPs, PAs, um, surgeons are allowed to do and now do. Example, sexual health. They have the male sexual health and, you know, to um, help assist with erectile dysfunction. They have vaginal rejuvenation, whether it is radio frequency, whether it's CO2, CO2 assisted radio frequency. They have the injectables and the supplements. I've never in my life seen so many diffs, different types of neuromodulators, dermal fillers, and volumizers than ever before. And every time you look around, there's a new 510K approval from the FDA waiting for its FDA approval in phase three. Now, we're all familiar phase one, phase two, phase three of the FDA because of the pandemic and getting our different uh, vaccines in place, but you usually will never see uh, an injectable or an FDA approved supplement or thing like that come to fruition in a year or less. But because um, we had the pandemic, it just had to be. So now we have these neurotoxins, neuromodulators, and you have to be careful because they all are kind of like the um, botulinum clostridium toxin and they call them different names, type A, and they have the dermal fillers, whether it is the hyaluronic acid or the calcium hydroxyapatite and the polylactic L acids. We can go on and on. They all have their own types of components associated for different types of lines and different types of corrections. And then they have weight losses and body sculpting. Years ago, it was the radio frequency, and then it was the CO2s, or CO2s first, the radio frequencies. And then they came out with the different types of cryolipolysis for body sculpting. And it wasn't just surgical, where they had liposuction to, to sculpt your body, but then they came up with machine-based lasers, cryolipolysis, and then there was weight loss. And weight loss, whether it was through nutritional supplementation, weight loss, whether it was through uh, HCG, weight loss, whether it was from um, fentramine and different types of those types of supplements. But you have to really, in, in Florida, for example, you have to have a weight loss, a patient bill of rights if you're going to do a weight loss program. But it shouldn't just be weight loss. It should be body change, body lifestyle, nutrition, supplementation. You should have somebody that's a nutritionist to help you with it because it shouldn't just be an injection, vitamin B12 backup. It shouldn't just be a pill that you take. 
You've got to make it a change in your lifestyle or you'll end up losing hundreds and hundreds of pounds, gaining it back, losing 10, 20, 30 pounds, gaining it back. That's where I come with hundreds of pounds. Unless you have the gastric bypass, you're not going to lose that massive amounts of weight. You have to get to a gym. You have to do good, basic health hygiene and, and eat right and do the proper types of vitamins. You know, And then you have the aesthetic cosmetic surgeries that we're doing. And then lastly, you want to get into the supplementation, the BHRT, which is the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, whether it's for men or it's for women, whether or not you want vitamins, whether or not you want different chemicals, whether or not you want pellets. All right. So just be careful and make sure that you get somebody that is properly trained that knows how to do it. So know that you'll have to add additional equipment and supplies for your new services, as well as additional marketing. And guess what else you're going to have to add? The most important resource of your business, and that's staff. Because you have to have them knowledgeable, whether it is an esthetician, the medical assistant where they're allowed, a vocational nurse, an RN, a PA, a nurse practitioner, and then your physician. So you really want to know that you're going to have to add the pieces of equipment because you can't add these additional cash-based services to your traditional insurance-based practice unless you have the equipment to do it or the supplies, the marketing effort to get it out there to the community that you actually perform that service, and most importantly, the staff. So let's ask about what questions do you need to really take into consideration? And there are a lot. First of all, do you need this piece of equipment? Do you have the base, the base of patients? Now, you may have heard me speak about something like this in when do you purchase the next piece of equipment and how do you negotiate it? Well, I say, do you have a need for it or do you want it? What is the length of time that this piece of equipment has actually been on the market? Has it been tried and tested? Is it in your marketplace? Is it safe, effective, efficacious? And what price point can you charge a patient in your area for a treatment and a package of treatments? Because once you do that, you want them to keep coming back for more. The art of having your patients come back for more for residual income is the best way to be able to keep this patient in your practice. And not only is it the machine that you're going to be buying, that you're going to be taking from a traditional insurance type of base of a practice to an aesthetic type of a practice, but what are the costs of the consumables, the cycles, the clicks? And does it make sense financially for you to do that? Because if you are the daily deal group on type of a practice, I'm going to say don't do it because you're going to have to reduce it 50%. And sometimes your cost of goods sold is 50% of your retail and your retail has already been kicked by 50%. So unless you're going to use it as a lost leader, I say don't do it. Now, which practitioners are providing the treatments and who is legally allowed to do these treatments? Because in certain states, medical assistants, estheticians, and RNs are not allowed to perform the certain procedures. And in other states, under the direction of a medical director, the doctor, they are. <laughs> 
And many states now, the nurse practitioner is allowed to practice solo. And in many states, it's coming before the Board of Medicine, and it will pass. How much pain, or I like to refer to it as discomfort, is in this procedure? Because, you know, if you sell a procedure and it hurts, and I mean hurts more than just the rubber band sting from a laser, the patient may not, and I say may not, want to come back for more. So there's magical consult closing questions. And when you're seeing a patient, here are the five questions that you want to ask somebody. When are you looking to book this procedure? Because you want to know, are you spinning your wheels? Are you wasting your time? How long have you been thinking about this procedure? That's a very good question to ask somebody because when you ask that, you're looking for definitive closed-ended and not open-ended yes or no. You know, you want a, a definitive question. So how long have you been thinking about this, this procedure? Uh, a while. Well, that lets you know that now is the time to really get in and push that close. Well, how does the thought of this procedure make you feel? Oh, it would make me feel just wonderful. Well, think about this. When you go to buy a car and the salesman says to you, how would you feel driving out in that brand new car? Can't you just picture yourself in that brand new car? Doesn't it make you feel wonderful? So if you can get that out of a, a, a prospective patient, how does the thought of it make you feel? And they can get a smile on their face. Come on in and close that procedure. And how soon are you looking to have the procedure? Because that's going to tell you whether or not you're wasting your time or whether or not you can get that close done and then you can get it on the books. And when you don't get that sense, you know, that, that feeling in, in your belly that lets you know you're ready to collect the patient's money, well, what's stopping you from booking this procedure today? Because that's the magical pain point that you have to overcome. But once you overcome that magical pain point, now you've taken the rest out of the equation. Now, if you have a traditionally insurance-based practice, you may have to consider adding another provider. So before you add another provider, what I want to know from you is, do you have a job description for that procedure? And if not, I, I, I urge you to get one in place. So what do you look for? Credentials, fellowship, experience. You look for qualifications, somebody that has worked somewhere an educational background that has done research, if it's a physician, that board certification, is it a deal breaker for you? Well, in many plastic surgery practices, it is. All right, there are certain personality traits, such as your bedside manner and your reputation. Look people up online. See what other people have to say about them. Look for different types of people that have written online about them. May give you a good sense of who this person really is. You may have to change the way your staff answers the phones. It's a whole lot different when you're an insurance-based practice than when you have to hug and cuddle. No, when I mean hug, I mean feel the love. Make sure you get all the contact information from this prospective patient and the patient so that you can end up calling them back and cross-train your staff on how to answer all the questions. I say do these mock interviews. When you're looking to join, join a GPO. Many of you know it's a group purchasing organization or a buyer's group. You say, Jay, well, what is this GPO or a buyer's group? You know who's a buyer's group? Costco, BJ's, Sam's Club. 
They are buyer's groups. Now, what's the advantage of, of a buyer's group? Well, you're able to be part of many as one and get the purchasing power of the group. So you may only buy one, two, three at a time, but if you're in a buyer's club, you're getting the pricing advantage of that group or that club that buys hundreds of these things. Utilize an online chat function. I know sometimes they can be annoying, but you may be able to have somebody uh, answer some specific questions for you. And then the patient reminders are always key because you want to know when is your next up upcoming appointment. Look into your practice management software and see how long it's been since the last treatment's been done. Three months for a neuromodulator, neurotoxin, six months to a year for a filler. Don't wait for them to call you. You call them and put a key into your system so that when they haven't been back in three months, six months, whether it's a microderm, a couple of weeks, a month, you call them. If you have to wait for them to call you, you may be losing out on one cycle treatment in a year. There's always a lot of great software out there. And then you have to do your advertising, advertising, and marketing. You have to hit that patient with an e-blast about different things that are going on. Utilize social media channels like Instagram, like Facebook, Google pay-per-click. Use in-office signage, which is called invertising. Shed those magazines and brochures in your office that people have to pick up and they lick their fingers. They turn the pages. You got to get rid of that. Use a TV monitor or a different type of screen. And then connect with the patients when it's been that certain amount of time about their skincare products. It's very important because you can have a regimen of patient that you have your patients on for skincare products. You are marking the skincare product up 100% with a 50% net margin. So even if you do run a special, you're not losing all of the money in there because they're, it, that's right around time that they're going to be using up their product when you're calling them to order more or have auto shift just like we've all been doing with all of the online vendors and people that we're buying everything from. And if you don't make it easy for them to buy it, they could easily purchase it from somewhere else. And ladies and gentlemen, that is how we add cash services to an insurance-based practice. It has been my pleasure to spend the last 20 minutes with you. Good luck, God bless, and in 2021 and beyond, please. Stay safe. So that wraps up today's episode of Shore Solutions, the podcast. If we mentioned any quote links in our show notes, be sure to check them out for the easiest way to discover your best solutions. You can find them, yep, in our show notes. We love your help in spreading the word about our podcast. How? Rate us and share this episode with your friends, colleagues, and the rest of your team. Remember to follow us on social media at Shore Solutions and send us a message directly with your burning questions. We love hearing from you. Plus, sign up for our e-newsletter to be the first to find out about our upcoming webinars, the latest tips on running your practice more efficiently, dealing with the issues with drama and money in your practice, and watch the latest videos and blog posts in your inbox right in real time. 
Now's the time to join at www.shoresolutions.com and click on the e-newsletter button in the top right-hand corner. We'll see you next time. And remember, subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review. Thank you.